0: Good morning, church. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Can we just praise God for that this morning? Yes, yes. Grateful for Pastor Sean, Miss Jess, the entire worship band. Uh, grateful for them and how they lead us so well uh, each week. Man, today it's going to be a fun day. Just as we consider all things that are wrapped around with the Easter weekend, we know as believers, as followers of Jesus, that man we highlight the resurrection of Christ. And even though. We live in the wake of that resurrection every day as followers of Christ. Man, this is a special day, a special week, really, that began last week with Palm Sunday. As we think about all the events that took place during Holy Week, uh, Good Friday, when Christ... Uh, went to the cross, and then we know that Friday's good because of today, uh, Jesus has, has rose again. And so we want to highlight that, focus in on that uh, today as we look at the Word. So here's how we'll begin. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and read that together, and then we're going to kind of just pray through that text uh, as we as we open, and then we'll have just a short message out of, out of 1 Peter. So keep your Bible handy, and we'll, uh, we'll journey through those Scripture passages together uh, this morning. Hey, y'all look good today. Y'all look good today. I know I look good because I've been preaching in shorts for the last month and a half come on And I got breeches on today they, they, I finally got a pair on which was awesome with this weird cast thing that I have uh going on and And uh, man, you, you look you look great. Can you just turn to your neighbor and say hey, you look sharp today Just tell your neighbor that you look sharp today Awesome Now you can turn to the one that like you weren't sure if they looked as sharp as the other neighbor They were kind of your second choice Listen to them and be like hey, you look pretty good too. All right. That's a good good idea Awesome. It, it really looks like, a, from like where, I, where I sit, it looks like a bunch of Easter eggs. It's great. It's awesome. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 1. A really powerful passage that highlights the resurrection of Jesus, and this is where we want to lean um, today. This is Paul writing, and he says this, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. Now Paul's wanting to remind them because, hey, this is something that we need to keep in front of us. It doesn't. It doesn't wear out. It doesn't grow old. We want to always keep the gospel message in front of us. And so he's reminding them of this, and he's saying, "Which you received." I love this portion because this reminds us that we must personally receive the gospel. Uh, our grandmama's faith will not give us a ticket to heaven. Um, good works will not get us a ticket to heaven. Just simply because we're a part of the church. Uh, by way of culture, like cultural Christianity, that, that will not get us entrance to heaven because our granddaddy was a preacher, uh, will not get a, give us entrance to heaven. We must personally receive the gospel. And so Paul is saying, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. Verse three, I delivered to you as of first importance. You know, there's a lot of important things, uh, information-wise, that we know uh, exist. Lots of things that matter deeply. But Paul is saying what matters most, what is delivered to you as first importance, is this. This is what he says, what I also receive. So he's saying that what I'm giving you is something that I've received, and we're wanting to hand it down from generation to generation to generation. So I receive this. This is what the important news is. Here's the gospel, that Christ died for our sins, In accordance with the scriptures. What he means there is all of the Bible points towards Jesus dying uh, for our sins and rising again so that we could be redeemed. The Bible speaks of a a redeemer, of a suffering servant. And this suffering servant and this redeemer is found in Jesus. And so Paul is reminding them that all the scriptures is is pointing to this. Verse 4 that he was buried, he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes in prayer, God, thank you for that truth, the gospel truth. God, that you died for our sins, that you rose again. And God, as you have risen one day, those who place their faith and trust in you shall rise as well. And God, we thank you for what that means for us, especially on today. As we consider Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, as we highlight the truth that you have risen from the grave and all that that means for the believer who has placed their trust and faith in you god we are grateful and we pray all of this in the powerful and in the mighty name of king jesus and all god's people said amen Amen and amen now grab your bibles turn to first peter chapter one if you will first peter chapter one i want to ask you a question while you're finding your place there it's just to the right uh, a little bit first peter chapter one I want to ask you a question. Have you ever found yourself in a place in life where you felt like, man, hope is elusive? I'm going through chaos right now or suffering or heartache or difficulty, and you're really struggling to find true hope. If that's you, you're in good company because Peter here is writing to the Gentile Christians who are being persecuted heavily, and he's reminding them that, hey, hey, listen, brothers and sisters, you have been chosen by God. You've been chosen by God and you need to know that you have a living hope in him. I want to give you a very simple answer to the question of what do I do when life struggles hit me? What do I do when I feel like I lack hope? Here's a very simple answer. Here, here's what our response ought to be in order to combat those feelings of difficulty. We must behold the glory of Christ. I know that sounds simple, and it may be a little too simple for you. You may want to to add a little uh, meat to that as as we unpack that a little bit, and prayerfully we will as we look at 1 Peter chapter 1. But if you want to be an overcomer, you have to start by beholding the glory of Christ. John Owen once said one of the greatest privileges the believer has, both in this world and for all of eternity, is to behold the glory of Christ. This isn't something that's simply reserved for us when we get to heaven. No, we are to behold the glory of Christ right now. And so we want to do that. And, and again, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1. So 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3, if you're there, we say amen. Come on, somebody. If you're there, we say amen. amen. All right. Hey, if, if, you, uh, if you're excited about your day today, can you just say amen? How many, how many of you got some good groceries planned after this? come on. Hey, I was just talking with with one of my brothers about this earlier. Man, my wife can throw down in the kitchen. We got zipper peas, lima beans, mac and cheese, potato casserole. We got banana pudding. We got a honey-baked ham. Come on. I'm gonna preach short. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, we're gonna get there, but uh, really excited about the day uh, today. Hey, if you just back up, I didn't do this in the previous service, but if you look at verse 2, we're gonna really highlight verses 3 through 5 just quickly, but if you look at uh, verse 2, kind of the ending of it, Peter says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Uh, Grace is a common Greek greeting, and peace is a common Jewish greeting. But I think about this grace and peace being multiplied. Isn't it true that Peter experienced that in his own life? I think about Good Friday, when he denied Jesus three times, and when the eyes of Christ met the eyes of Peter, Peter wept bitterly. And then post-resurrection, Jesus meets Peter, and he has this conversation with him by the campfire while they're having breakfast, and He essentially uh, just affirms that, man, I I love you. This is what the Lord is telling Peter. And Peter is responding by saying, I I love you, Lord. And so Jesus says, then feed my sheep. And Peter's used to preach the message that really bursts the New Testament church. Pretty powerful story. So this is the guy that's now writing to those that are struggling, one who has had grace and peace multiplied to him verse 3 says blessed be let's just stop there for a moment this blessed be just keep your bibles open we'll journey through this together blessed be is better translated praise to which means we are praising god as a result of seeing god for who he truly is much like thomas post-resurrection when he just could not believe that the lord jesus died when he saw jesus he was even confused if that was even him and so he wanted to see the wounds and jesus showed him his wounds and 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 Thomas his only proper response in that moment was my savior and my God and Jesus responds to him and says man hey blessed are those you you believe because you see me blessed are those who believe without seeing well because of the word of God and because of the testimony of the saints man we have seen the Lord Jesus maybe not physically here in this room but we have seen his work we have seen what he has done and we ought to believe in him we have great cause to praise today there's great reason for us church to praise and so peter says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ according to this is verse 3 his great Mercy. We see this is according to this blessedness, this praise is according to the abundant mercy of God. How many of you know today God has been so merciful and kind to us? he has this is why we praise him it's important for us to know that we have done nothing to earn or merit that mercy that god has given us we've done nothing to deserve that no it is abundant mercy that god has granted one reformer said this the only thing that we contributed to our salvation was the sin that made the salvation necessary We have done nothing to earn this mercy, but God has been so merciful. The Bible says we're guilty, that our sin separates us from God, and we are condemned already. God's law says that he demands justice for our sin. Just like if a thief steals something, there's punishment for that thievery on a far greater scale. Our sin's punishment is eternal death and separation from God. That's God's law, but God's grace is seen in sending jesus to take that punishment for us so that we could be set free for brother and sister there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from emmanuel's veins and sinners that are plunged beneath that flood hear me they lose all their guilty stains this is mercy mercy is not getting what we deserve and grace is getting what we don't deserve and we praise god for this abundant mercy John Piper makes the point that mercy changes everything. It changes the way we talk. It changes the way we treat one another. It changes our conversations at the supper table. It changes boardroom meetings. It changes friendships because we realize, man, God, you have been so kind to us. And it changes our worship because when we get together, we focus on all these peripheral things that bother us about, you know, coming to church. Sometimes we can like things no when you understand the abundant mercy God has given you all you want to do is gather together and say God you're worthy of it all you're worthy of it all and so listen I got to just say this to you when you walk around with a prideful entitled mentality yet you claim the name of Christ you do not properly understand the abundant mercy of God mercy of God leads us to humility and humility make no mistake about this is not weakness no humility is Christ likeness And we ought to walk in humility because of the abundant mercy. So we praise God because of the abundant mercy that has been given to us. What has he done? Well, according to our text, he has caused us to be born again. Hey, if you're believing in this room, you've been born again. Can you say amen? amen? Praise the Lord for this new birth. We have been regenerated. We've been born again. The mercy of God has given us the opportunity to be born again. You know, I think about years ago, prior to Christ, and this is true of you if you're a believer in this room, before you knew Jesus, you thought Christians were weird. Right? I mean, some of you are in here, maybe you've never given your heart and life to Jesus, and you're like, yeah, y'all still weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, weird. And to be fair, as a Christian, yes, I still see many other Christians who are incredibly weird. But let me just unpack this for a moment. We find it to be weird that people would give time reading their Bible. Strange or peculiar that they would give time in prayer. Why, this is odd, would they gather together and worship God, giving time on their Sunday to do so? Well, here's what's happened to you and here's what's happened to me. At some point in our life, God has been gracious enough to reveal Himself to us and He has shown us in our sin that there is hope found in Him and we have placed our faith and our trust and our hope in Him. He's given us a new name. I'm not who i used to be i've been crucified with christ i no longer live but christ lives in me praise god the old is gone and the new has come by god's grace as time goes on he's continuing to mold me and shape me into the man he wants me to be but i praise the lord i'm not who i used to be he has saved me and given me a new birth and so we praise god for this new birth and you have become one of those Weirdos, you're peculiar Because you are now giving all of your life to the Lord Because of what he has done for you And all we can say is to God be the glory Great things he has done So loved he the world that he gave us his Son Who yielded his life in atonement for sin And opened the life gate that all may go in And all we can say is praise the Lord Praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Let the people rejoice Oh, come to the Father through Jesus' Son And give him the glory Why? Why? great things he has done church we ought to be so grateful today that he's given us new life in him that we have a new name that we have this new birth in him praise god for this because in the new birth we have been shown god's infinite value and that's what it means to be born again The last couple of verses here, it says that we have been called to a living hope. This is a hope that surpasses circumstance. A hope that surpasses situation. A hope that surpasses problem. This is a hope that is not stagnant. This is a hope that continues to grow. Our hope is not dead. No, it is alive and it is growing. All other hopes, let me tell you, will fade and they will wither. For example, if you hope in money, that will wither. If you hope in status, that color will fade. But if you hope in Christ, it will not fade, it will not wither, it will not fail. As a matter of fact, it will grow stronger and stronger day by day praise God for this living hope where does it come from? it's by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead our hope is alive and active because our Savior is alive my circumstances may not be what I want them to be we may have circumstances like the disciples whenever Jesus died and he was placed in that tomb and they were hiding behind locked doors for the fear of the Jewish leaders and now they didn't know what had happened to their Lord but Jesus rose again and he was right there in the midst of them, he appeared and he calmed their fear, he went where no one else could go, right in the midst to them and he said hey i'm calling you out and sending you out to proclaim my glory why because of the resurrection of the dead we have a living hope in christ and we want the world to know what he has done for us amen church praise the lord for this he calls us to be born again through the living hope of the resurrection of christ we are in union with him and this is an indestructible union that will never die and this is all for me by the grace and the mercy of god that he is granted me i don't deserve it i can't believe he's given it to me how kind has god been but he has and this is for us this indestructible union with jesus for all who place their faith in him wow who am i that god would grant me this i think about what it cost him up from the grave he arose as he went to the cross and died and suffered and was ridiculed on that Good Friday, we know three days later, up from the grave, he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose, a victor from the dark domain, and what does he do, church? Lives forever with his saints to, raise, to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, church, Christ arose. This is an inheritance for us, what Peter says. He says Christ has risen from the dead to an inheritance. That means, as John 10, 10 says, this is an abundant life that God has given us. When we know Christ, we are no longer enemies of his no we are his sons and his daughters and he goes on to say that this inheritance is imperishable it cannot be damaged in any way no rust no moth no germ no fire can destroy it it is imperishable similar to mcdonald's french fries come on somebody actually far greater than that but you get the point It's imperishable. It's also undefiled. It's not stained. It's not ruined. I don't know about you, but there was a season in my life where I felt like I was so stained that I could never be cleaned up. But what did God do? He gave me a new name. He gave me a new life. He gave me a new birth. I'm not who I used to be. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives within me. And that is undefiled. I once was stained and now I'm clean. Praise God. This inheritance that is imperishable is undefiled. I can't even mess it up. And it don't fade away, is what Peter says. This is something that does not fade away. It is unfading. Praise God that over time, this does not lessen, it only grows stronger. And what does the final thing say here? It's kept in heaven for you. There's military language wrapped around this, meaning it is guarded by God in heaven for you. You know, Baptists are historically guilty of saying, once saved, always saved. I don't really like that Phraseology. What I like is if saved, always saved, meaning if you have truly surrendered your life to Jesus and you have truly given all to Him and placed your trust in Him, if you are saved, I love this, hear this, it's guarded in heaven for you and you can't even mess it up. But if you are saved, you're going to want to live for Jesus. If you're saved, you're going to want to pursue Him, but you're going to make mistakes. But hear me today, you can't even mess it up. Because it's guarded in heaven for you. Because Christ has risen, we too one day shall rise. Hope is a result of mercy. Hope is alive because of Christ. Hope secures our inheritance. So when you journey through this chaotic, confusing, difficult world, when you face hardships in your own life, decisions that are in front of you that you're just like, man, I don't know where to go, when you face the struggle of life here's what i want you to hear our hope is a living hope in christ if you're a believer you've been chosen by god and you live to behold the glory of christ every single day you wake up and you say god i want to behold your glory every single day as john three thirty says god less of me is more of you help me to surrender all to you so for the believer in the room maybe you've gotten a little bit off track and today God is just getting your attention. And with open arms, I would just encourage you to surrender all. Oh, if you're here and you're not a believer and you don't even really know why you're here, can I just tell you, you are not here by accident. You are not here by mistake. We serve a sovereign and providential God who has you here on purpose. And I'm so very glad you're here because I was once in your exact shoes where I didn't understand. I was examining the claims of Christ and if I'm honest, many times it seemed odd to me. But then one day, God revealed this living hope to me that has changed my life, and I would just encourage you in that reality that you're here not by accident, not by mistake, but you're here so that you can see this living hope that is found in Christ alone. For we're saved by faith, we are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. I can't help but share this story. A couple of weeks ago, I preached at a men's conference, and it was, uh, I shared it a few weeks back. It it was right after I ruptured my Achilles, and I was in this hard cast, and man I was, I was super frustrated about it because it's a big conference I was really looking forward to it and I just gotten injured and I had to sit down and preach to these men and I, I'm like an excited preacher it's doing all I man i'm doing all I can not to stand up. You hear me because I know if I stand up I'm probably going to fall down like I was struggling to be able to sit down, kind of in a bad mood, and I preached my first sermon, and I was grateful for it, but still just kind of struggling. My second sermon, I changed last minute to a different text, and uh, once I finally preached it, I sat down. I'm like, man, I don't even know if that made an impact. Well, after the service, this young man came up to me. I had several people come up to me, and he was kind of waiting um, just for me to finish talking, and he came up to me. He's about my age. You like how I said young man. It makes me feel better. He's about my age. He, He came up. He came up to me, man, and he was just kind of quivering when he was talking to me, and He said, I ain't going to take a lot of your time, Pastor. He said, but I just want to tell you something. I said, what's up, man? Tell me what's going on. He said, well, back in 2009, my mama gave me a Bible. He said, if you were to ask me then, I would tell you I was a Christian, but I was certainly running my own way, in my own lane, doing whatever I wanted. But I would still say I was a believer. And my mama, man, she loved Jesus, and she gave me a Bible in 2009. And it was almost as if she handed me that Bible. I immediately put it in a drawer and closed it. And he said, I ain't touched it since. That was 2009. He said, about a month ago, Pastor, my mama died of cancer, and it's been really tough. He said, the church that she was a part of and the church that I'm connected to, they reached out to me, and I started doing a few things with them, and they invited me to this men's conference, and I thought it would be right and good for me to grab this Bible that was in that drawer since 2009. He said, so I grabbed it, and I thumbed through that Bible this whole weekend, and it's just been so good, and there's not a highlight in in the whole Bible. And he said, and then you— you, you said to turn to Proverbs chapter 4 and I turned to Proverbs chapter 4 and the verse that you focused on there was an underline and a highlight from my mom there was a little note from his mama to him talking about his heart and I told him, I said, listen brother that's an amazing opportunity and I'm sitting there crying with him I said, amazing opportunity just to remember your mom and how much she cared for you to be able to give you this bible and even to highlight this verse i said but in a far far deeper scale i want you to see that this is god getting your attention man <laughs> like you are not at this men's thing by mistake you are not here by no nah, man god is getting your attention you need to listen and listen he did man i, I got reports from his church that, uh, that he shared that story with their group and they just all rallied around him in tears, just all these men, and, uh, right after the men's conference and then they went back and testified at the church. This is an amazing, amazing story of God saying, you may feel like you're confused in this chaotic, broken world, but I'm telling you, I'm here and I've got a message for you. And today, whether you're a believer or unbeliever, you need to know that this message is the gospel message. Our hope is alive in Christ because he is alive and he's speaking to you directly. He is. And there's no charismatic vein where I'm trying to over-Jesus-fy that statement. His word speaks, and he is speaking to you today. And I want you to receive that. I want you to know that the Lord is here. He is present. And our response must be, to respond in obedience to him. So whatever that looks like for you, man, I'm just asking you to surrender all to him. Why? Because we behold his glory. How do we become overcomers? We behold his glory, for he's worthy of it all. We're gonna sing an old hymn that is a reflective praise hymn. And as we sing this, man, you're gonna see, when we get to the latter part of this thing, you're gonna see an opportunity for us to glorify the Lord Jesus in praise and in reflection. So I would invite you uh, to join in as we sing this and examine your own heart and ask the Lord to examine your own heart and you respond in whatever way is appropriate. For the believer, maybe you just need to say, Lord, I'm tired of hanging my hope on things that are not lasting. Help me to hang my hope on you. And then for uh, others who are in this room that perhaps are not a believer, I pray that you would surrender to Jesus. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Will you call on his name today? And will you trust in Christ for your salvation? Let me pray for us, and we'll sing. God, thank you for your love, your mercy, your kindness towards us. God, you've been merciful. And I pray today, like never before, that we understand the gospel story. God, that it's applied to our life, that we understand the new birth, that we understand this living hope. God, that we fully trust in you. This inheritance that you've given us, it's imperishable. Lord, it's not corrupted in any way. It's not fading, and it's guarded by you. God, help us to rejoice in that truth. We pray this in the powerful and the mighty name of King Jesus. And all God's people said, amen and amen.